six, seven minutes, but I want to explain um, the whole Murph and how it came about. And I'm going to actually read the Medal of Honor citation that George Bush read uh, when he actually received the Medal of Honor. Um, so I think that's really important for us to understand the context of, you know, the workout and what it means. And then uh, I want to explain something about like what it means to be a teammate, you know, a good teammate because we're gonna do this as a team. This is gonna be a team evolution as opposed, to, as opposed to an individual thing. So I wanna talk about that. But first off, so Lieutenant Michael Murphy was uh, a Navy SEAL and he was uh, in a combat mission out in um, uh, Afghanistan, I believe. And uh, the mission went wrong, it went south. Uh, he did something to sacrifice his life for the sake of his team. And for that, he received the Medal of Honor. So what I want to do is I want to read the actual citation that George Bush uh, read. Uh, so here we go. So, for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity of, at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty as the leader of a special reconnaissance element with Naval Special Warfare Task Unit Afghanistan on 27 and 28 June 2005 while leading a mission to locate a high-level anti-coalition militia leader, Lieutenant Murphy demonstrated extraordinary heroism in the face of grave danger in the vicinity of Asadabad, Konar Province, Afghanistan. On the 28th of June, 2005, operating in an extremely rugged, enemy-controlled area, Lieutenant Murphy's team was discovered by anti-coalition militia sympathizers who revealed their position to Taliban. As a result, between 30 to 40 enemy fighters besieged this four-member team. Demonstrating exceptional resolve, Lieutenant Murphy valiantly led his men in engaging the large enemy force. The, the ensuing fierce firefight resulted in numerous enemy casualties, as well as the wounding of all four members of the team. Ignoring his own wounds and demonstrating exceptional composure, Lieutenant Murphy continued to lead and encourage his men. While the primary communicator fell mortally wounded, Lieutenant Murphy repeatedly attempted to call for assistance for his teammates. Realizing the impossibility of communicating in the extreme terrain and in the face of almost certain death, he fought his way into open terrain to gain a better position to transmit a call. Finally achieving contact with his headquarters, Lieutenant Murphy maintained his composure and his position while he provided his location and requested immediate support for his team. In his final act of bravery, 
he continued to engage the enemy until he was mortally wounded, gallantly giving his life for his country and for the cause of freedom. By his selfless leadership, courageous actions, and extraordinary devotion to duty, Lieutenant Murphy reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the United States Naval Service, signed George W. Bush. And I could talk for hours about it. Uh, we don't have a lot of time to go through it, right? Um, but, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been an individual journey, but it hasn't, you know, I've, I've had a team help me along the way. You know, there's people that have supported me through this. You know, my wife has, um, you know, I just, my family has, my, my business partners. I mean, there's just a lot of people that have supported me through it. Uh, so I want to talk about the importance of being a good teammate and what that means. You know, there's three things that really, you know, come to mind when I think of a, a good teammate. And uh, the number one thing I think of when I'm on a team is, you know, I want to be trustworthy. I want to be able to trust, you know, the man and the woman next to me uh, to do their job. And trust really comes down to three different things. You know, one of them is competency. You know, you have to be able to trust that your teammate is going to be able to do their job and they know, they know what they're doing. And a lot of that comes down to your skill level and training. You know, how serious do you take training? How serious do you take your job? You know, so the competency piece is, is, is big. The next one is, is character. You know, are you, a, are you a trustworthy person? You know, what, what are your values set? Uh, are you integral? What comes out of your mouth does it follow up with action? Are, you in, are your words and your actions integral? That's really, really important because, you know, on a team, you have to trust that your teammates are going to do what they say they're going to do and follow through. You know, that's extremely important. Uh, and then the next one is um, common goals, working towards a common thing. You know, I've, I've worked in businesses where, you know, we weren't working towards the same objective and things fell apart. So when you're working in business or on a team, having that same common goal and keeping that in mind while you're working really gels the team together, even when there is a conflict, because you know you're working towards the same common thing. You can work things out. So uh, the toughest thing, you can overcome the competency, you can always train people, you can always you know, increase your skill levels to make sure people are doing their jobs and they have the ability to do it. You can always reset goals and realign people. But the tough thing is the values piece, the, con the, the character, you know, being integral. You know, that's up to the individual to be able to deliver on what they promise. So that's, that's super important. So that's one component of like being a good teammate. The next one, and I've learned this from Mark, Mark has talked about you know, being ready to lead and being ready to follow. You know, as a teammate, there's times where you need to step up and take the lead, and then there's times when you, you're normally used to leading, you need to fall back and be a good follower. Being a good follower actually allows you to become a better leader. And so, uh, you know, Mark, you've, you've talked about that in your organization, SealFit, and, uh, you know, it's, it's helped me tremendously in business. Um, and then the next one is uh, the will to live. You know, being a good teammate, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice to get the job done? Um, and so, oftentimes I would think about, you know, this, this quote, one day, one lifetime. It's living one, one day at a time, you know, and if you were to live an entire lifetime in a day, what does that day look like? And so I approach each workout and each training with that same thing. So we have this mindset when we approach this workout today, it's your will to live. How well are you going to do this workout? 
you know, if this is the only thing you had left in your life, how well would you do it? What effort would you put into it? You know, how would you experience it? You know, the, the excellence, you know, the reps, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, that's really what it comes down to. Um, so with that in mind, uh, I, I say we get started. And I want this to be a team evolution. We work together as a team. So, you know, we run together as a team. Um, you know, we get our work done together as a team. And then we get out the door on the last mile as a team. And we walk through this door as a team. How's that sound? Sound good? All right, let's do it. So the Murph workout consists of a mile run in the very beginning, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and a mile run at the very end wearing a 20-pound pack. Now there's a couple different ways that you can do it. You can do it all the way through, meaning you can do the mile run, then 100 pull-ups, and then immediately move to 200 consecutive push-ups, then 300 consecutive air squats in a mile run. Or you can break it up into 20 different sets or 10 different sets. The way that I've been doing it this whole time is 20 different sets. Five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats, 20 times. So it's a lot to keep track of. So I've been actually keeping track of it on my phone when I do it. Uh, but then this is, is essentially the Murph. Um, you can do it a couple different ways. You can also do it without a vest, which is what we call slick. So you can do it slick or you can do it uh, RX, which would be with, with the vest itself. Um, let's see what else. I'm trying to think if there's anything else with it. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. So, this is brutal. I mean, the, the, the things that I've like uh, experienced, I've, I experienced like a lot of soreness and tenderness right here in these, uh, you know, this, this joint, this tendon right here gets super sore. Um, I've gotten, uh, you know, a lot of soreness in my neck. I had like, you could feel discs start to like separate or come, like come, you know, get all funky in your back, you know? And so a lot of times like, you know, having a good chiropractor, you know, a good uh, mobility coach like helps with-, with Are you doing anything stuff. else like in between? Like to recover better, faster? You cryo, you doing anything? No cryo, chiropractor and mobility. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Dang, dude. Yeah, and, no just, sauna, and like enough. eating, like just eating really well. You know, like eating well. I like walk a mile on the treadmill and I'm like right in the sauna. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta, I kind of like. like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what right. I'm trying to do. That's right. And then I'll like, I do like a hot, like a hot, hot, hot bath. Really? Yeah, like no, as hot as the no water. No ice sponges or anything like that? Um, I'll jump in the ocean. Okay. Yeah, like I'll. Which in California, that's pretty cold. Yeah, it's cold. So I'll go run. Um, so some days I feel like like my body just wants more work, so I'll go run an extra three or four miles and then jump in the ocean and swim around a bit. And that water's cold enough, it helps with the joints. So I like it. Yeah. Let's do it, dude. Yeah. You're doing it too? Just gonna run the mile. So the mile, um, we're gonna head out here, turn left on the road, which is Avenue to see this. We're just gonna go up the road until you see my chalk bucket, turn around and come back. Yeah. Chalk bucket is roughly at half a mile.
feel great. Yeah, I feel Same. great. Yeah, it's a, it's a great accomplishment. I'm in like pain for you right now. Like just watching you guys do this. Like this looks painful. Yeah. It just it's it's normal. I mean, you do something every day, it just becomes normal. So think about think about all the things you do daily, no matter what. What what are they? I go to the gym now, but that yeah, just started yeah. after I, mean, I heard you speak at a lot at the of them, a lot of them are just are just natural yeah. things that you do, like you eat every day, you drink yeah. every day, but you do these things every day. This, and those are just things that you need for your body. Well this has become something that I forced and now it's become a habit and now my body's just used to it. And so what are you gonna do now? What do you do tomorrow? Like you've done this now three hundred and sixty five days in a row. Yeah. What's what's the plan for tomorrow? It's a great question. So yes. I think the, the what happens on day three sixty six is yeah. just as important as any other day. Okay. So tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and do a Are you really? Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like um, there's a mentality that you have, you know, champ there's a championship mindset that you have. So think about, we just witnessed this uh, a few weeks ago at the Super Bowl. You know, what do you think Tom Brady did? Well, I know he did, but yeah, it was all over. Yeah. He threw the Lombardi trophy at Gronk. <laughs> he just, that's right, yeah. But it's it's there's there's a championship mindset, and so for me, um, you know, it's it's become habit, and I'm going to continue to do it one more time. And then what I'll do is I'll take the the habits that have been built, and I'll channel it into other things. Whatever I feel is the highest value target for my life is what I'll I'll channel that habit into. Bro, you're an inspiration. Just straight up, just to take what you're doing, develop this this thing. I mean, I don't even know what brought you to this point, but at the same time, like doing a Murph for 365 days straight, this is one of the most intense workouts I've ever seen anyone do. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're able to do this just shows like what you're actually made of. Yeah. You have the tenacity, like you're going to be successful no matter what you do. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I think people need to know is that we all have that inside of us. Every That's single, what I was going to ask you. Like, is this something that you developed, or did you? This have is this? something I developed because when I started, I wasn't um, I wasn't in peak shape when I started. This was something that um, basically my body forged into. It was just the first day was terrible, the second day was terrible, the third day was terrible, and the first 21 to 30 days were just brutal. But then there comes a point where your body adapts. Like you can ask, you can ask my wife. Like there were nights where I couldn't sleep because it just hurt so bad. Like my body was inflamed, and I'm just like, my body's inflamed. I can't sleep. And she's like, she's like, what's what's wrong, you know? And so I'd have to like, you know, two o'clock in the morning go sit in the bathtub, you know, to to kind of get the inflammation so I could sleep. And so you work through all that, and eventually your body adapts and knows that it doesn't have a choice. Because eventually you just you beat your body into submission, and it, it starts good. to it starts to and in a brutal way like it's true because then when your body knows it doesn't have a choice it'll figure out a way to adapt to whatever you put it through, and then uh, you know you have all these little injuries that pop up. Well, you'll work through those injuries no matter no matter what happens. You know, right. I had shin splints, you know, stress fracture in my foot, you know, tendonitis in my elbows. Uh, there were days where I couldn't open up a jar, you know, I had to have Sarah help me with, with things because... But it, through all that, you're not thinking, I gotta stop doing this, this is killing my body. No, it's just, you know, I'm just gonna keep going. Because it was what I committed to. Amazing. You know, and so it's, it's the discipline of following through with what you say you're going to do. And what happens is that builds the confidence to be able to deliver on promises that you make to other people. Because it all starts within first. That's where everything starts, is in your mind and in your heart. And so then 
whatever's in your heart and what you believe ultimately determines what you think and how you view the world. And what you think and how you view the world actually determines like what you speak and what you speak determines your actions. This is this is fascinating. The, like everything that's going on here and you you're the you're kind of the brains behind Seal Fit, right? This is your organization. How much of an influence did he have on you doing this? Um well, I first heard of Seal Fit six years ago. It was an Outside Magazine article, and it said there was this, it was on the cover of Outside Magazine, and it said, World's Toughest Training Program. And at that point in my life, <laughs> I was looking to make a change because I was into, you know, alcoholism, and, you know, our marriage was on the rocks, and things weren't going great. So I was looking for some sort of a change, and I had to make a change. And so I saw that, and I was like, you know, that looks like a good opportunity to, you know, transform. You're like, my marriage is going to... Yeah suffer I should yeah. go work out I should go work out <laughs> yeah, I might as well suffer myself <laughs> so perfect sense. Yeah, yeah this all just makes sense right so I read I read the article but the article was a lot about uh, yeah it's the world's toughest training program but it was a lot around transformation and the things that happened through that training and so uh, I signed up for one of the courses uh, failed miserably which you know the courses I think um, you get what you need out of the course depending upon no where you're at in your life. There's no failure. Yeah, there's, there's no failure. failure. So I didn't I didn't complete the course the first time around, which is what I needed because it was uh, I was very much a very prideful, huge ego, um, and that's what needed to be broken. And so through that program, my ego was broken off. And I was actually, uh, the second time around is where everything excelled and the transformation happened. You know? And that's where you know, I felt the most authentic and real as a man and as a, as a person, and I truly saw my identity. And so uh, that started this whole wave of, of transformation. And so he didn't directly influence this, but he had an influence mm -hmm. through, through this journey. Transformation this journey. is a solo thing, but it requires some input, mm -hmm. right, from mentors and structure, which we call a path. So in a sense, seal fit is a path to transformation. And you were inspired to that path through your hardship, right? Yeah. Hitting the bottom. Anyway, yeah. A lot of people are inspired that way. Others are inspired because they have a vision for something different in their life, like to be a seal. And that's why I started the program, to help seals achieve, or seal aspirants to achieve that vision, which is the hardest thing to do in the world, physically and mentally. And so seal fit, it was not a fitness program, even though fit is in the yeah. word, right? You didn't ever look at that as a fitness program. No, you know, no, it wasn't something I did. You gotta train for it, you gotta move your body, you've gotta be eminently physically capable, but it has very little to do with fitness. It's about character. And you said it really well. It's about getting into the, that place that says, there's no quit in here, right? There's no quit in the heart. We call that the courage rule. Courage means heart, actually. Yeah. To act with heart. Core means heart in French. And fear is up here. So when we're stuck in our head, that's ego. And you get stuck in these loops we call the fear loops. And then we live those obsessively. Fear becomes a habit. Negativity becomes a habit. And then that shows up in addictive behavior, shows up in self-abuse, low self-esteem, low self-talk, and all that just weakens you until you let you literally, you know, you have no energy and then you're the way you behave kind of follows that new, you know, the way you just described the whole trail of heart to thought to speech to action to habit 
equals destiny. And so if you're not connected to your heart and you're full of fear, and your words are fear-based and biting and negative, your actions are going to be weak, and your destiny is going to be full of suffering. But you can take responsibility to turn that around mm -hmm. by connecting your heart, recognizing the goodness inside, and then committing to something like 365 days of murk. It doesn't have to be that way. It could be just 365 days of waking up every morning and being grateful. It had the same transformative effect. Because now you're connecting to your heart, and then that's mm -hmm. going to feed courage, which is going to eradicate that fear. Yeah. Right? And then you're going to start thinking better. You're going to start talking to yourself more positively. And then your actions will flow from there, and they'll be more positive. And then your destiny will be one of less and less suffering. And then finally, you break through, and you find peace in life. And so cool thing is you can do all that. That's like a path of transformation. You can use hard physical training as a path of transformation, just like you can use meditation or yoga or just service, like Mother Teresa. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. many different paths, and it really depends upon your character. Yeah. You know, like you're a physical guy, I'm a physical guy, so our path includes swinging kettlebells and doing Murph, <laughs> right? Yeah. My path, wouldn't, I wouldn't do well just handing out hugs and kisses and Calcutta, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or the Teresa or the Kissing Saint. You know? I could do that. I could do that, but, you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, what's funny is we were having a conversation a couple of nights ago, um, and contractors, specifically roofing contractors, kind of beat themselves up mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. And and if you look at, like, in the entire economy as a whole right now, in 2020, 2021, right now, in this moment, some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the nation that have had amazing growth over the last 12 to 18 months mm -hmm. have been contractors. They're the ones buying the Lambos. They're the ones doing all this stuff. They're the ones that have made it, in some ways, through mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, an opportunity that has doesn't exist in virtually almost any other industry right now. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, restaurants are failing right now, everything else is going to crap, but yet we're like in this little bubble where we're experiencing success, but with that success comes responsibility. But the problem right now is we've been beat up so bad as an industry that we don't have that confidence or that understanding that we're actually achieving something. Right. Like we're actually not we beat our like we, we hear people speak they talk and they're like man i don't know why i'm speaking on this i don't know why i'm doing this mm -hmm. i'm just some little contractor i don't know i don't deserve all this yeah well i think that there's a responsibility that comes with ambition um and a success that comes along with you know being a business owner um contractors whether you're a contractor or in any industry really i think there's a responsibility that comes with ambition and, <coughs> um i may have mentioned this before but there i there's like four different things that, that come to mind when I think about that responsibility. And number one is developing other leaders. Like we have a responsibility in our organizations to develop other leaders, whether that's you know the people in our organization and people outside the organization. So I think that's one. And then number two, uh, it's creating other opportunity for other people. So uh, I think you know, contractors as a whole, uh, it's important to get their business in order and create the systems in their business so that they can continue to, to thrive. And uh, what happens when they thrive is that their doors stay open longer, they can create more opportunity for people down the road. That's important. Then creating wealth is something that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, you know, as you 
the, the, the responsibility of ambition is to create wealth because you can do a lot with that for charitable causes. You know, with wealth comes influence and it's either a good influence or a bad influence. When we want that to be a good influence, that's a responsibility that we have to give back and that's where the generosity comes in. That's the fourth thing that comes in mind. So it really comes down to creating more opportunity, um, uh, developing other leaders, creating wealth, and being generous and having that generous. And you've you've seen you've mastered this in a really unique way that most contractors haven't. How much of that do you attribute to doing things like the MRF, the 365, like building these habits, all that kind of stuff? Well, the habits really just helps you with the mindset and just right. keeps you dialed in. Because it's about everything. If, yeah. Once your mindset's right now, you mm -hmm. can take that same mindset and apply it to every part of your your whole life yeah absolutely absolutely like you know the next the next thing could be um, you know I could apply this to music you know yeah. uh, things that are outside of my comfort zone you know that's how Sarah and I first met was actually in high school choir and you wouldn't people wouldn't know like oh he's he sings I'm like yeah I sing you know but I don't I haven't um, really exercised that muscle for years until recent and so now I could take the habits that I've built daily and put it towards something something different you know whatever i feel is the highest value target yeah that's so cool you guys are awesome how do you how do you uh if you're a contractor how do you go about finding someone like mark in your life? <laughs> well i mean with mark uh you can look up unbeatablemind.com he's you've written how many books now i'm on my six he's on his six congrats book. man that's yeah. amazing so unbeatable mind was uh the one yeah there's that one and then there's uh the, the way of the seal the way of the seal staring down the wolf staring down the wolf and that's yeah. recent that's a recent one yeah, yeah. eight weeks to seal fit eight weeks to seal fit yeah so uh unbeatable mind like is david goggins to walk in here or something right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, he's out yeah. running 100 miles that's right right yeah that's right yeah <laughs> Yeah, so you can find Mark through unbeatablemind.com and then uh, through sealfit.com and then however, you know, through your social media channels. Yeah. I think having those voices is really important as we develop, as we become better, you yeah. know, and I appreciate what you're doing for yeah, sure. This is amazing. So well, appreciate it's amazing this. what Graham just accomplished. Yeah. I was comparing it, you know, I was thinking um, a few years ago, Graham participated in this. Uh, we did 22 million burpees. To raise awareness for vets. Man. So we do these crazy things. So I like when, when, when Graham told me, hey, I'm going to do 365 days of mirth, I'm like, yeah, that's good, man. And I thought, shit, now I'm going to be thinking, should I do that? Should I do that? And I was, and then I thought, no, I just did 365 days of 300 burpees a day. Yeah. Actually, I did more. I did 130,000 burpees in one year. And in this path of yeah. the, the community doing 22 yeah. million burpees. So I said, you know, there, and you're probably thinking about this too. There are times in your life where you, you gear up and you do something like that. Yeah. But then you need to really back off yeah. and rebalance. Yeah. Right. And then three or four years later, you're like, I think I need a big challenge like that again. So yeah. I wasn't quite ready to join you this year. But <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And you there guys will be a, another big challenge though coming up. Yeah. yeah and you guys set a record for the most burpees done in a day. Yeah. So like, it's an incredible video. We, yeah. we broke a world record for the most burpees in a 24 hour period yeah. by a six person team, three men and three women. The yeah. interesting thing yeah. is all of us were yoga teachers. We were all certified yoga teachers and seal fit athletes. Isn't that wild? That's, <laughs> that's, that's the yin and the yang, the balance between the yeah. hardcore. The reason we could go for 24 hours, if you watch the video, we were going as fast, our pace at the end, on hour 24, 
was as fast or faster than when we started 24 hours earlier. Yeah. And we had this amazing little disciplined plan and we were just popping out burpees. So we did 36,393 burpees. Wow. It was, it was crazy. So I was, uh, <laughs> I came insane. in and counted and was there to watch uh, for a couple hours. And you know, you're just like, you know, you're ticking, and you're counting, and counting you're just was the watch, hard part. Actually, you're just like watching, and you're just like, what? In the, like, that's crazy. Pretty intense. Well, congrats, dude. Thanks, man. Congrats on this accomplishment, Mark. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you, brother. Yeah, Thanks, honor. And Grandma was always awesome to see you, bro. Thanks. Man. I would love, love you. Dude. Thanks so much for watching today's show. Make sure to like and subscribe our pages so that you can stay up to date with every episode. And by the way, this show is all about you, the American contractor. Be sure to comment, let us know what you want to hear about and what subjects you want us to touch on. We'll be sure to include them in a future episode. Thanks again and I hope you have a great day.